This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Hello and welcome back to the Already Friends podcast. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today we are continuing our Eight Dimensions of Wellness series. We are having on Emma Marshall. She's going to do our spiritual wellness episode. She is amazing. We are so excited to have her on. We had such a good conversation and I know you guys are going to love it. I was just saying to Kara that I think Emma was the perfect spiritual guest because she's not overly woo-woo in mm-hmm. the way that she communicates. So even if you're a little unsure about your own spiritual journey, your religious beliefs, that entire realm, I still think you will resonate and learn so much from this episode, which we will go into. But first, we'll catch up very briefly, share our peaks of the week, and then we'll bring him on. Yeah. I mean, just quick updates here. I had quite the whirlwind of a week, went to Philly, saw my grandma. It was awesome. We love Bushy. Got to meet my cousin's baby. We have a new baby in the family. First grandchild for her. So cute. Um, So that was so fun and got to go see all my aunts, uncles. I posted some things on TikTok so you can you can go look there. I My aunt and uncle have a bed and breakfast. I went and had lunch there, checked it out. And yeah, so much fun. And my dad was in town too. So it was me, my dad, my grandma just hanging out for the week. And then on Saturday, I was going to fly home from Philadelphia. But then I saw I could fly out of New York and get a credit from Southwest. And it was a direct flight from New York. And if I was going to fly out of Philly, it was going to be with a layover. And I had friends in New York that were just telling me to come down. And I fell into the peer pressure and it went down for 24 hours. I took a bus from Philly and it was so much fun. But literally ever since last Saturday, because it's what, Friday now, I've been go, 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 like almost nonstop. Because I went to New York for 24 hours, ran around, then I got home for a day. And the next day, I flew to Charleston for this week just to finalize some wedding things with my mom. And we went and tried cakes and tried desserts and did my hair makeup trial and went to this florist to just see what kind of flowers and stuff we want. And I got home yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to give my whole quick spiel of my, my life right now. I landed, I was supposed to land at the airport in St. Louis at four because we have our one of our really good friends' weddings this weekend and they had their wedding rehearsal dinner last night. American decided to make my first plane out of Charleston an hour late. So I missed my connection in Chicago and they left without me. I mean, like it was a 45 minute connection. So we landed at 2.48 and the plane left at 2.58. I land. They left early. (laughs) They left at like 2.45. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot, American. Even though I I literally, by the time we parked and taxied, it was like 2.58. Like, I mean, it was just long gone. And so I, the next flight was at 9 p.m. So I was going to miss this wedding rehearsal dinner, which I don't know. Connor's the best man in this wedding. So I felt bad. I'm like, I cannot miss this. Like, and it's our, like I said, our good friends. So I bought a ticket on your United flight for $200 mm-hmm. just on the spot. I'm like, whatever. This is worth $200. Just make it not cause a ruckus. Like, where's Kara? I don't know. And so then I like ran to the other terminal, got on that flight. By the time I walked up, it was boarding. And I left my coat on the plane because I was in like such a frenzy. Lost an AirPod, lost a fake nail. <laughs> Literally yesterday was chaotic. Yeah. I don't do that. Like, I am so good about getting my stuff off the plane. But I was like so frantic because I was like, fuck, I'm missing my flight. I have to run to the other terminal. And they found my coat though. So I'm going to go pick it up next time I'm at O'Hare. I'm going to be in O'Hare next week. I have a work trip. But what about the AirPod? It's gone. She's gone. (laughs) And it was like a first generation AirPod. Those are the AirPods I've had since college. Like my very first pair of AirPods. I don't even know when that was. So honestly, I'm surprised that they've lasted this long because I've heard a lot of people people's other ones have died and crapped out. So they're very old. So I just said, you know what? Because I looked. I was looking for like 30 minutes. Like while we finished boarding, I kept looking on the floor. I'm like, this thing is gone. I have no idea where this went. And I'm like, whatever. We have an extra pair at home because now we've got an AirPod Pros and I Connor has his old ones. They're just like the... Then I even Googled it. It's like $30 if you want to buy a new one. I'm like, okay, I'll just eat the $30. 
and made it. So I literally landed. Thank God I parked my car at the airport because I just hopped in my car and I drove straight to the rehearsal dinner. Connor brought me an outfit. I changed in the parking lot of this church. I'm like, hopefully no one's looking. I'm literally naked in my car. And we had a night and now I'm here. Holy moly. I know. I'm like, what What did I do to deserve this chaos? I mean, it was already going to be tight getting home at four and having to be at that at six. But And literally, I was listening to what, or what would your best do episode last week. And I specifically said, I'm like, hopefully everything goes well. I know. And I literally was like, I have to land and go straight to this rehearsal dinner. So hopefully there's no delays. But I think I accidentally manifested it backwards. <laughs> Well, hopefully this weekend, a little relaxing time. I know. I need to catch my breath. I'm Today, I have nothing really planned other than us doing right. this. And then I'm going to go work out. But I hope I can just breathe in this next seven hours of the day. You deserve that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How about you? Those are my updates. Anything exciting going on with you? No. I catched the people up a lot last week. Yeah. I, and now it was your turn. We flip-flop <laughs> as we always do. My week was less eventful. Stepbrother moved in. My new bed came. Yay. I did this. I guess I'll say this and it'll be my peak and we'll just go into peaks. Yeah. I'm doing a partnership with Silk and Snow. Mm-hmm. They sell like bedroom furniture, bedding, the whole the whole set to get your bed together. And so I got a rattan bed frame, new mattress, mattress topper, linen bedding, pillows. Oh my God. This is my first new mattress, not a secondhand mattress. And the whole thing, I'm just staring at her (laughs) right now. I have slept so good the last week. I can't even believe it. And like the linen sheets feel so good. The pillows are so fluffy. Wow. The bed is so comfortable. There really is a difference, I guess. So (laughs) you're like, dang it. We just went into the spiel like three weeks ago about just get a secondhand mattress. I know. Literally, I was like listening back and I'm like, do I have to cut that? Because now I'm a liar. Literally 10 days later. (laughs) Well, that just goes to show. I mean, I've seen Silk and Snow stuff. Oh my God, it looks so nice. They have such a gorgeous aesthetic and it looks so comfy cozy. So you can attest that it's true. But you know what? That's the joy of getting older. You know, like Mm -hmm. in my early 20s, the thrifted mattress was where I was at. Yeah. And now I'm 29 and we're upgrading. And you can treat so, yourself. It's all in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your peak of the week in all of that? <laughs> I know. How do you pick? I mean, seeing my friends in New York has to be part of that peak. And of course, seeing my grandma and hanging out with my dad. But seeing, I saw B, my friend B, and my friend Caroline, who I hadn't seen because I'd missed her. The last two times I went to New York, she was gone. And Caroline's one of my friends from Omaha, high school friend who now lives in the city. And we like literally walked around for four hours. Hours. We walked like six miles or something. It was so fun and just such a nice Sunday. Got our little coffees, walked around Soho. I was, yeah, I'm gonna have to say that 24 hours in New York, I actually was really not thinking I was gonna do it because everyone knows me. I'm very spontaneous, but for some reason, I could not pull the trigger. I kept going back and forth. I let it pass like a day or two because I had been thinking about it the whole time I was in Pennsylvania, but the flight price didn't change. I'm like, you know what? I, there's going to be a time in 10 years or even in the future where I'm not going to be able to be that spontaneous. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to send it. And then it was so fun and so worth it. So, but I did have a lot of hesitancy. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? So yeah, that was, that was my peak for sure. Well, I'm glad that you pushed the, pulled the trigger, yeah. pushed the button, pulled the trigger and had a great time because it didn't affect your other flight. Like that mm-hmm. had nothing. Those were two totally separate trips and experiences. So there was really no downsides to doing the New York bit. No, I was so glad it was a direct flight. Like even flying out of New York and just being in St. Louis, I'm like, wow, that is so nice. I hate layovers. They're just... Now, yeah, (laughs) for this reason, you just adds to your odds of things going wrong. And when you're on a direct flight, you get there and you're done. True. And then, yeah, you're not going to get stuck in some random city. Yeah. You're going to get, if it's direct, you're going to get, if it got delayed or canceled, you're in the city you were already in. Yeah. Or you're going to maybe get in a little later to your own city. Mm-hmm. So either way, that's so much better than getting stuck. Yeah. So on the layover. It all worked out. It was perfect. Okay. Listeners Peaks of the Week. We have a lot of fun ones in here. I mean, you guys always send in great ones, but there's a lot of travel-related ones today. Yeah. So many good ones. I mean, I have to read this one from Kate. Kate said, I'm going to Bad Bunny in all caps. I'm <laughs> like, that's so fun. That is an all caps Peak of the Week. Have so much fun. We love Bad Bunny here. Okay. On the music note, B said, went to Drake and J. Cole show in Pittsburgh. It was epic. Wow. That's so fun. I was trying to win tickets last week. <laughs> That's another callback to our other episode. I sadly did not win them. So I'm living vicariously through you. 
And Tierra said, spent the weekend with my long distance boyfriend. Hope you guys had the best time and got to spend some good quality time together. And Maya said, went to Miami for a girls weekend to escape grad school. Sounds iconic. <laughs> As always, send in your peaks on our Instagram page, Already Friends Podcast, and make sure to send us your reading and review on that same Instagram page so you can get entered to be our listener of the week. All right. And time to bring Miss Emma Marshall on. Emma is a holistic wellness coach, a breathwork coach, and a conscious branding on entrepreneur. She supports women in leading lives of radical self-expression and sovereignty. She is the host of the Love Among Us podcast and the creator of Brand Alchemy, which is her coaching container that helps women build a soul-led brand. Without further ado, here's Emma Marshall. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I miss you. I miss you too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have to give the listeners context to how we know each other. So we'll jump into that and then we'll go from there. Sweet. Okay. So you and I have been Instagram friends for a long time. Yeah, a while now. Definitely like a year, I'd say. Yeah. And when I went to Amsterdam, where were you? I was either in Germany or Belgium. I was making my way to Amsterdam. Okay. And I feel like that's a big part of your story that you're always exploring new places. You have a very free-flowing lifestyle. And that summer, so summer 2023 to fall 2023, what were you up to? I had left Panama where I was living on the beach for almost a year. Felt like it was my time to go. And I knew that my dad was going to be going to Germany for my great uncle's 80th birthday. And I was really craving a solo adventure. So I decided to start my journey with him to go to the south of Germany and be with my family and then loosely planned a little path throughout Europe and Amsterdam was high on my list. So I did Germany, Belgium, Amsterdam, Portugal, Greece, and Italy, which was, yeah, really special. Yeah, that's a great lineup. And so, yeah, you messaged me and you're like, hey, I'm coming up to Amsterdam. And we were like, let's do it. And then I just crash your Amsterdam Airbnb. <laughs> Literally the day we met, we had a sleepover and that was like the <laughs> exact kind of friendship I'm looking for in my life. <laughs> Literally sleeping together one hour in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. But it was, it was such a fun like 48 hours. Yeah. They keep maybe even longer than that. I, can't, I don't remember exactly. Maybe three days, but we had a great time. We went to the red light district. <laughs> We, we frolicked in the rain. We had a great time. We smoked in the park. We had we French food. Yeah, we did great. And so not. you even did, we went to a coffee shop and you even did a client call, which goes into what you do. So let's let's hear that. What do you do for a living? Yeah, multifaceted for sure. So I started my entrepreneurial journey around COVID and I became a breathwork facilitator and holistic health coach got those certifications and yeah, kind of morphed it into this women's empowerment, embodiment, holistic health, somatic healing concoction. And that is deeply, deeply important to me and something I'm so passionate about and something I've prioritized in my own life a lot. But I found myself at this impasse frequently where I had a hard time showing up when I was off because the work was so personal, or at least at the time, that's how I felt. Like, how am I teaching women how to be embodied when I'm not embodying this thing? Or even if I am really embodied in a lot of areas of my life, anytime I was, you know, struggling or having relationship troubles or also my health game, I felt out of integrity in my work. And in retrospect, I don't know if that's true. Like you can be struggling and still know how to support someone else, which is something I've learned, but it just kept me in a place of scarcity. It kept me in this pattern repeat of making money and then giving it away and then having a lot of clients and then losing them all. And it just didn't feel sustainable. So I kind of shifted out of the coaching space for a while and went into UGC and content creation because simultaneously my TikTok had just blown up. A lot of brands were reaching out to collaborate. That felt exciting and it was less personal. So, you know, still personal in the sense that I was working with brands that I loved, but, and who were in alignment with what I care about. But it wasn't soul work. It was just work that was aligned enough that I had freedom, that I had time and location freedom, that I you know, didn't have to work for anyone else and so on. 
So I went that route for a while, but then was missing the like Dharma soul work. So I had this pivotal aha moment back in May where I realized that the thing that was most alive in my life was the fact that I had utilized radical self-expression, self-love, subconscious reprogramming, and then sustainable and ethical marketing practices to build a really thriving community and brand online, both on TikTok and then that transferred over to Instagram. So I kind of just shifted my identity as an entrepreneur and a coach. And I guess you could call me like a conscious branding mentor now. That's the title I've gifted myself, although it's much more than that. So I created a group program that supports women and you know one-on-one coaching and all of the things that helps women build soul-led brands online. It t- teaches you marketing strategy, content strategy, brand strategy, but also you know the inner work that comes with that. It's not just about how good you are at marketing and are you letting yourself be seen? Are you not stopping yourself from showing up because you fear judgment? Are you connected to your purpose? Are you having fun? You know, are you devoted? Are you connected to your menstrual cycle for the way you show up online? Are you prioritizing rest as much as play? There's just a lot of behind the scenes internal things that go on to building a thriving brand if it's coming from a truly heart-led, soul-led place. Because yeah, you could be Coca-Cola and you just need to be really good at marketing and manipulating people into thinking your product is so tasty that you forget that you're drinking toxic sludge. (laughs) But we (laughs) are not doing that. We care. We're not psychologically manipulating. We're supporting people. We're helping people. We're hopefully making a positive impact on this planet. And that requires a level of internal work to sustain because especially the girlies more than anyone else are really good at blocking themselves from receiving, blocking their abundance, blocking their freedom, blocking their joy. And it's super accessible to all of us. So I'm supporting women now in removing those blocks, learning social media in a create over consume way. And yeah, it's been amazing because I'm teaching women how to cultivate abundance and freedom. And simultaneously, the thing that's teaching them that has brought me the most abundance and freedom out of anything I've ever done. So it seems like a good cycle of life situation. And yeah, I'm super stoked. Did you create the program that you wish you had back then? A hundred percent. And yeah, it came to me in like a morning journaling session. The entirety of it just came through. It's kind of how my brain works. I'll like have nothing and then the entire thing will just exist. And so I probably created the whole outline in less than an hour. And yeah, it's exactly what I wish I had. You know, I've worked with some really amazing coaches and my most recent business coaches that I've worked with are absolutely phenomenal. But I've also worked with a lot of coaches who they're all amazing in their own way. I don't have anything negative to say about anything or anyone I've worked with. But yeah, it just wasn't as hands-on. It was like their method of how you should do things. And for me, it's like, yes, I'm teaching you principles that no matter who who you are, what you do in the marketing realm makes sense, but it's so intuitive and it's so bio-individual. And the main thing that I'm doing is really holding you and supporting you and finding what works for you. Because I can't just say what works for me is going to work for you. It's not true in pretty much every area of life. So yeah, I kind of wish someone had given me a framework where they pointed me in the right direction, but also allowed me the freedom to figure it out on my own. And yeah, it's amazing to be able to, to give so many powerful women that, that opportunity in that space. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. 
I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often. But I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week. And I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Already Friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey. All right, real quick, we want to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. We absolutely love Factor. I cannot even tell you how delicious these meals are, guys. And I just love that you just throw it in the microwave. It's ready in two minutes. I've had some crazy busy weeks lately. In all my free time, I'm wedding planning. I'm trying to eat right for my wedding. And Factor makes it so easy to do that. They have high protein meals, which I love. I'm trying to hit those 30 grams of protein every single meal. And Factor meals do that time and time again. They have delicious snacks, smoothies, and more. I love the coffee and chocolate breakfast smoothie. It's a protein smoothie and it is so delicious. I just can't tell you enough of how good and delicious Factor is. It's seriously the real deal. And if you guys use our code ALREADYFRIENDS50, you'll get 50% off. Again, that is ALREADYFRIENDS50 for 50% off your first order. And that's at factormeals.com. So go to factormeals.com slash alreadyfriends50 to give Factor a try for yourself. It's seriously so worth it. And we're so grateful to have them as a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast. Well, I love that theme and that area that you work in. Also, you're killing it on social media, killing it on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. Love everything that you post. But going back to what you were saying is I love that you have found a space in that niche because I think it's totally needed. And exactly what you're saying with everyone just feeling so over consumed by, like you said, like unethical brands and just things that don't make you feel good. So I love that you found a place to help other people. Can we go back to the beginning of your spiritual journey? What did that look like? And feel free to give your background, kind of where you grew up, that as well. But tell us how you kind of got into all this. Yeah. Oh, that was a journey. I... So I grew up in a really beautiful and privileged household simultaneously addiction and other things of the sort were present in my family. So it was a very, very chaotic household. In retrospect, I can just see a lot of, you know, love and compassion for the situation. But obviously as a child and teenager, I yeah, had a lot of issues and it was a really rebellious, literally always wanted to do the exact opposite of what my parents told me I should do. They, yeah, were really strict with me for a while because I was so rebellious. So I feel like I just built this whole bubble that was Emma's world. That was like my safety net. And I just, felt really safe to exist there. So I was always really floaty and airy and, you know, not such a good listener and really inattentive. And it was a safety mechanism, a defense mechanism, because I didn't really feel safe to be myself in the real world. So I created this little bubble in my head that was Emma's safety net. But yeah, I was deeply, deeply connected to other people's perceptions of me for most of my life, like really offended, really defensive, really consumed by how I was perceived. Because when I went from middle school to high school, I had like a glow up, I guess, if you will. I received a lot of attention on me for the first time. I received all of this. And it was really negative attention, to be honest, because we're in high school. What, what does anyone know in high school? And so I just deeply, deeply, deeply dug myself this hole of hiding who I was, shaming myself making myself wrong, self-inflicting so much suffering and putting on like layers of masks to be safe, to be comfortable being seen in, you know, the way people wanted to see me pretty much. So 
that was really suffocating. And I took on the persona of the party girl. I was the biggest extrovert ever. I needed to be at every function that existed because I literally convinced myself I wasn't there. Everyone would forget I existed. So I was always present, always showing up, always giving to other people, even though I was deeply disconnected from myself and my body. And I was denying myself the fact that I'm actually an introvert, despite it seeming that that's not the case. I really am an introvert and I just have a really powerful social battery when it's charged. So once I fill up my own cup and I do that for myself, I can hang out with people for days. I love being around people. I'm extremely social. I love connecting, but I denied this whole piece of myself that really needed to be alone and recharge and reflect. And I just kept breaking boundaries, breaking my word. So I got to college and I hit a point where I knew I was starting to feel like things weren't sustainable around my junior year. I was just partying so much, drinking like five days a week, seeking validation externally through men and through partying and through drugs and alcohol and all of the things. And I ended up studying abroad in Australia. And it was to think back on that, Emma, like she was so caged and it makes me want to cry and like give her the biggest hug thinking about her because going to Australia and being in a place where nobody knew me was literally like someone took a hundred pound vest off my body that I had just been wearing constantly. And it's so silly to think about the things that mattered to me then, like dyeing my hair pink for the first time and getting tattoos and getting my septum pierced, which to me now, I'm like, duh, do what you want. But then it literally was like the most liberating thing for me. It was such a big deal that I didn't know anyone and I could dye my hair. And I felt like I was free for the first time. And I ended up living in a hostel with a very spiritual community and explored plant medicine, psychedelics and different things and definitely woke up to what am I doing? I could be so free. Like, what is society? What's going on? I'm in the matrix. I just want to roll around in sand and swim in the ocean and be free and dance and sing and express and play. And yeah, it's been a big journey since then. I went back to college for a year, kind of like resuppressed myself, moved to Brooklyn after and found myself in a group of people who were partying a lot, but really self-expressive and like highly encouraged freedom. So despite my habits not being fully in alignment yet, I started to go to concerts and wear really weird outfits and dance like a crazy person and just be so silly and not care. And I remember that was a point in my life where I like grew my armpit hair out because I was like, I'm really embarrassed and I, I'm going to just grow it out until I'm not embarrassed anymore. And did that for nine months and just kept like something I talk about a lot with expressing yourself is like exposure therapy. Like just do little things to get out of your comfort zone and forms of expression. And then eventually it stops being so scary. So I feel like since that awakening, my entire life has been like microdosing, getting out of my comfort zone and putting myself in situations that used to freak me out so much. And yeah, then it just got to a point where I was just seeing all of the magical benefits of being myself and not caring what others thought and listening to my heart and not following the path society chose for me and for all of us. And yeah, life seemed to respond and continuously respond in a really abundant and miraculous way. That is a bit about my story. That is so beautiful. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing all of that. On your platforms, you've been talking a lot lately about being perceived and being seen and helping other women particularly get over that. Do you have any practical tips besides the microdosing scary things? Or maybe you can go more into that if someone's struggling with expressing their authentic self. Yeah, I mean, I'll touch on that. And then I have one other piece I can go into also. I mean, the thing about expressing yourself is that you have an ego that's here to protect you. Its function is to help you survive. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where we're not, well, fortunately, we live in a day and age where we're not in the jungle fighting for our survival every single day like our ancestors did. But unfortunately, our ego doesn't really know the difference. So you could get an email from your boss that's really, you know, him yelling at you, let's say, and your body will have the same response in your nervous system as though you're being chased by a lion. So very strange that our bodies do that. But yeah, we've just become so sensitized to discomfort and we automatically put ourselves in fight or flight. So microdosing, <laughs> exposure therapy, and basically putting yourself into situations where you get out of your comfort zone and then you're reminded that, whoa, I didn't die. The entire world didn't reject me. I'm not abandoned and homeless on the streets and you know alone now that I just did this one thing. It starts to make it easier and you become less sensitive to the way other people perceive you because your nervous system needs to regulate and up-level its capacity to feel safe being expressed. So besides just putting yourself out there, I would say nervous system regulation is massive for this, whether you want to do breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, somatic shaking, dancing, 
putting your feet on the bare earth, going to sit away from your screens in nature, your body just needs to be reminded that it's safe to be yourself. Because somewhere along the line in your life, you were told that you being loud or messy or unladylike or whatever it is, is was wrong or bad or not okay and or unsafe. So you just need to reteach your body and your nervous system and your mind that, you know, you being who you are and showing yourself isn't going to ruin your life or kill you at the, you know, that's what our ego thinks at the end of the day. So yeah, it's definitely a like step by step, day by day, you build it up. You don't need to throw yourself into any fire. But yeah, there's always going to be people who don't like you. There's always going to be people who don't agree with you. And the world would be pretty boring if everyone did. But the question I would continuously ask yourself and the one that I continuously ask myself is what's your reason for expressing yourself? What's your why? Whether it's online or in person, like, do you really carry more value for how someone perceives you than for how good it feels to be yourself? Because I feel like that's such a backward perspective. Like, yeah, someone might judge you, but doesn't it feel so much more valuable and important that you were true to yourself and that there's definitely going to be people out there who resonate with you? So yeah, I could probably go into any of that more deeply, but I feel like that's a good basis for for letting yourself be seen. I love everything you said. I've heard a lot recently about, they're calling it the comfort crisis, that a lot of us just live in a lot of comfort and have a lot of things very accessible to us. So can you, I just want to go back to the microdosing discomfort because I really love that. Can you give any examples that someone could practice, maybe whether it's stand backwards in an elevator or like, are there any of those that you can think of that people can try out to practice that discomfort? Yeah, I mean, I think a really good one. And it's so funny because I can give an online and offline one, but the offline real life one is going up and like just speaking to someone if you want to speak to them, which maybe isn't really like a light one because people are so afraid. But think about how many times you like see someone and it's as simple as I love their necklace. Like what a beautiful necklace, but you don't want to go up to them because the second you think about it, you're like, oh, what if they think I'm annoying? Or what if they're in the middle of something? And what if they don't like me? Or what if I'm intruding on their life? But instead, you just saw that you like their necklace and immediately just went up to them and were like, wow, your necklace is so beautiful. And then, you know, maybe they give you the most amazing response and you make their day and they're so happy. And maybe you even start a conversation and make a friend. Uh, or maybe they are like, what? Or like give you like a look and they're like so annoyed. And either way, you're not going to die. You did the thing. You reached out. You, you, you did what you wanted to do, which is what's most important. So I'd say that's my biggest offline one because people are so afraid to communicate. And we're humans. We're all, we all love love and we want to receive and we want to connect. And yeah, so I'd say go talk to the person you want to talk to, even if it's just giving them a compliment. And it doesn't need to be like asking someone out on a date for the first time if that scares you, but just giving them, well, I love your shirt or something very simple. And then for the online realm, I would just say like, yeah, the consistency of showing up is more important than how deep you go every time. So if you're like, I know I want to share my entire story, the dark, twisted, shadow aspects of myself, but I'm not there yet. Maybe I go online today and I share that I had a really powerful morning practice and like I just share the meditation I did or... I just share a picture of me that I like in the mirror or like something very simple. So it's, you know, the goal is to get to the place where you can share your story fully. But if you don't start just sharing anything, like just post a picture, post something, you're going to start easing your way into, oh, like I'm being received well by people. I'm, my world isn't ending because I'm showing up. And eventually you'll start to get into a point where you share a little bit more of your story and a little bit more and it starts to feel good. So yeah. I know you talk about that a lot on your pages, that you putting yourself out there on socials is why you got to where you are. Would you want to share more about that? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We were just talking about this before we hopped on, but the I guess the human way is to seek gratification, to seek validation in some capacity. And that's not inherently wrong or bad, but it's really easy to want to show up and put yourself out there when you see momentum when you see people following you, when you see your accounts growing, when you see people buying from you. But the real trick is to have that why that's rooted in love. Like, why am I showing up? What am I trying to offer people? What transformation am I providing? So that even if the numbers aren't there, you know your reason is more important than anything externally. So that was a journey for me in the beginning because, yeah, I saw people on TikTok with even just 10K. I was like, I want 10K. 
Like it was egotistical at first. And also the ego desires are totally sacred. Like if you want a million followers and $50,000 a month and all the things like honor that too. It's not a thing to be ashamed of or or upset about. Um, So yeah, in the beginning, it was like not as much about providing transformation. And it very much was like, I want to see if I can grow this account to this much. And I started for like three months with that in mind. And I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't keep consistency. It didn't work. I wasn't excited. I felt forceful. And so I started my account in January of 22. And from January to like June, I'd say, so inconsistent, maybe grew to like 500 followers, which was so good. You know, I put in some effort, but I was like, I'm going to quit. I hate this. This is so boring. Why am I doing this? Because I was posting three times a day some days, but it was just coming from the wrong place. And then around June, I had connected with another beautiful content creator in Panama and she was posting amazing content and was really doing it with like a powerful why and a powerful reason. And so I was like, okay, let's shift. Who do I want to help? Whose lives am I trying to transform? Why am I showing up? That's not just about numbers because I know the numbers are a result of inner alignment. So let me shift my narrative and perspective here. And I really shifted to, I want women to feel deeply empowered, very safe to be seen, comfortable in their bodies, like they can connect with like-minded women, healthy. At the time, I had built a holistic wellness course for women. So I really wanted to talk about the power of cycle syncing and natural products and eating for medicine reasons, like using food as medicine. And so, yeah, within maybe a month and a half, I had 10,000 followers on TikTok. And it was like, wow, crazy how the algorithm is literally energy. And all you need to do is, yeah, there's strategy. Yeah, there's different things, but that's all trial and error. The algorithm is different for everyone. So that's the easy part. Like play around, see what works. The difficult part is not being focused on how your views did, how well you performed, but who's on the receiving end of your transformation. Even if 100 people view your video, if those 100 people are super aligned humans who want to pay you or who want to receive your wisdom, like shouldn't that be enough? So that was the spark. And then suddenly I'm at 100,000 and suddenly I'm at 200,000. Suddenly I'm almost at 300,000. And yeah, it's, it's been insane because it's, first of all, the friendships I've made, debatably the most important part. Like I am connected with the most epic women from around the world. Like Allison is like a testament of that. We just met in Amsterdam and hopefully we'll meet again soon. And, you know, got invited to a retreat last week in Costa Rica with another beautiful sister that I met on Instagram. And the connections, the community, and then the clients that have come from that. I'm hosting multiple retreats this year because people who have retreat companies found me and wanted to work with me so many brand deals, even just getting invited on podcasts like this, like the money and the tangible things are amazing and powerful and everyone deserves that. But it's really the fact that nobody would be able to find me if I wasn't putting myself out there. And nobody would be able to know if I was the right person to work with or collaborate with if I wasn't already being so authentic in myself. Because it's not like, yeah, you can hop on a call with me to get to know me better. But what you're seeing is genuinely just who I am. It's like what you get. So I feel like the barrier is already broken. Like if if you see me and you like my stuff, you're probably going to like working with me because it's the same stuff, just in greater depth. And so it's just like a permission slip for all of the abundance and opportunities to find you because it's like that interview vetting process is already done because I'm just who I am on the internet. So yeah. Okay, so many good points there. I love that you said that the algorithm is energy because it's so true. And even your profile, I know everyone likes to get into all the hacks and here's how to go viral or do all these things, but it's literally just make that profile your energy and the people that vibe with that will come. I feel like you kind of just said that and hopefully I'm not paraphrasing too much, but I feel like it is. It's just like be your authentic self and those people that will agree with that and that like that will come to you and that will hopefully equal success. I want to ask you about your favorite spiritual practices because it seems like you've done a lot of them and it's definitely your area of expertise. So for our listeners, what are some of those favorite ways that you practice your spirituality? Yeah, I'm going to say the first one is probably not as commonly shared because it's not like an active practice like breath work or meditation. But I think the number one practice, that's a practice of mindfulness and one that you need to just return to every day is radical self-acceptance. Because it doesn't matter if you're meditating every day. I mean, I'm sure it would help. And I'll go into more physical-based practices as well. But you could have the best life on paper and you can do all the things and have a great workout routine and eat all the good foods. But if you don't accept yourself and you make yourself wrong or you carry shame or guilt or judgment around your past or things you do, no practice is going to save you. So those physical practices will help you access 
self-acceptance. But I would say the biggest practice you could ever give yourself and the most important spiritual practice you could ever participate in is waking up every day and saying, I'm a human being. Maybe I did some shit. Maybe I'm not perfect. Probably not. None of us are. But can I just be okay with who I am right now, right here, where I'm at, where my feet are, and operate from that place of like, I'm doing great. I'm okay. I got myself. Because the amount of liberation that comes from just accepting where you're at is absolutely insane. And so many people self-inflict so much suffering and make themselves so unbelievably wrong when they can just accept themselves. And that's not to say you shouldn't hold yourself accountable. If you've done some messy stuff to other people and been harmful, Like one would only hope that you could recognize it and move forward. But if you are actively taking a stand for being the best version of yourself, then that has to be paired with just acceptance because we've all done shitty stuff in our past. We've all been unkind. We've all harmed in some way. But you can you don't owe anyone anything if you can choose to forgive yourself and move forward from that accepting and loving place. So that's number one above anything else. On a more tangible scale, I would say breath work is massive. Even, you know, as simple as taking three big belly breaths and placing a hand on your heart. There's box breathing and opposite nostril breathing and breath of fire and Wim Hof is an amazing practice. I mean, you can just go on YouTube and type in breath work for whatever you want to breathe for, anxiety, stress relief, for inner peace, for releasing anger, whatever you want. YouTube is your friend. There's a million different practices. The ones I teach are more like trauma release and emotional release based. So they're more intense. But if you even just want a gentle five minute practice, it's your life force. Like your breath is literally the reason you're alive more than food, more than water, more than anything. You can't go even a couple minutes without breathing. And so many of us forget to breathe and contract and, you know, just, yeah, have a complete disconnect from the thing that keeps us living. So breath work is massive. Meditation also, if you can master your mind, you can master anything. We are not the thoughts we think, but we are the observer of the thoughts we think and meditation makes us more in tune with that observer. So that's super powerful. And the last one I would say, or the last two, I guess, movement, anything again to get out of your head and into your body, like somatic shaking, where you just like shake your body out, yoga, dance is so powerful, especially if you're a woman, like getting into your body for everyone, but like women even more so, I feel like just need to connect with the Shakti energy, that like divine feminine primal energy. Uh, it's just like innately who we are. And there's unfortunately a lot of women in their masculine these days and not enough women really reconnecting to their feminine. So that's huge. And the last one I'd say is getting off your screen and going out into nature. Like we are nature. We are not separate from nature. We are cyclical like nature and we're not supposed to be staring at a blue light device all day. That's for sure. So even if it's for 30 minutes, putting it away, going on a walk, if you have a beach nearby, putting your bare feet in the sand or the dirt. Yeah, it's just so simple to feel good. And we do a really, <laughs> a lot of humans do a pretty bad job at prioritizing the simple thing that, you know, it's a return to the natural way of living. And we'd feel a lot better collectively and being able to show up a lot better in our business and in our relationships and in our lives if we took even 10 minutes a day to, to tune into our body, our mind, our spirit, and you know, strip away the external for a little while. This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates, it lifts, it does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have the superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. With Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day -day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash already friends and you can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash already friends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I was going to ask you more about soul work, but then you came at me with the women needing to reconnect with their feminine. And now I got to go into that first before I ask you more about soul work, because I agree. I'm definitely one of those women who has been in my masculine a lot. I default to doing and accomplishing and grind, grind, grind. And I, in the last couple of months, year, I'm realizing how out of touch with my feminine I am. We did an episode last summer about this and me even realizing that that's something I need to do. Would love to hear more of your thoughts and why you think in society at large, why this is an issue and what women can do to reconnect with that feminine. And we do have a lot of male listeners. How can the men come more into their masculine? Because I also think that's equally as much of a crisis. Yeah, that's an amazing question. And I think... (laughs) It's systemic. I mean, we live in a patriarchal society. We live in a capitalistic society. So basically, whenever, what was it, the 30s, 40s, or 50s, I I don't know my timeline as well. It's around that time when women were able to go out into the workplace. They shifted out. I think it was like the 50s when the shift really started happening, where women were no longer housewives and were shifted out into the workplace. And I'm all for it. Like, I'm building an empire right now. I'm so grateful to the OG feminists who fought for our right to vote and have freedom. But the government and, you know, people up there wanted women out of the house so other people could raise their children, so they could separate the family system, so they could tax the entire population instead of only 50% of our population. So they did not have our best interest at mind when women were brought to a place of equality with men. And everything has its pros and cons. I am not saying it's a bad thing if you want to go hustle and make your bag as a woman. I love that for you. But it is just anti-feminine, cyclical nature to go about it in the way modern society does. So capitalism, you're working in a corporate nine to five job, you're working 40 plus hours a week. Doesn't matter that your body works on a 28 to 32 day hormonal aka menstrual cycle, where every week to 12 days or so, your hormones are changing, which means your productivity levels are changing, your energy levels are changing, the foods you eat, the movements you're meant to do, they're all changing. And when you are bleeding as a woman, you are not meant to be hustling. You're not meant to do a power workout. You're not meant to be sitting at a desk in an office all day. You're meant to rest. You're meant to relax. You're meant to tune into your body. You're literally shedding out old parts of you. Parts of you are dying to be rebirthed in this next phase. And yeah, the systems don't really support feminine nature. And it's very unfortunate because, you know, there is when we're ovulating, we can be super productive. We can do powerful hit workouts. We can go get a bunch of stuff done and work really hard, but it's just not supportive for our bodies and our hormones to be doing that all month long. And the corporate world and the modern system for working is based on a male hormonal cycle, which is 24 hours. So it's just really important for women to recognize. And I know I say this from a privileged place, like this is a fine line for me because I understand women need to work, but I also know that there's a lot of complacency and a lot of women have just chosen, a lot of humans have chosen the narrative that they can't escape the system, that they have to work a nine to five job to get paid, that there's no other options. And I'm also a big proponent of radical responsibility. And the fact that any of us have built the lives we built means that anyone can. Like genuinely, you don't need to have thousands of dollars to start a business now. You don't need to have like a crazy certification. It's just really a mindset. Like anyone can cultivate freedom. Just a lot of people are scared or have the limiting beliefs or the victim mentality and they don't put themselves in a position to make it possible for themselves. So I recognize the privilege and I also recognize that this is possible for anyone, that you don't need to necessarily be part of a system that completely denies your body's natural ways of being. And yeah, it's just so powerful when women are connected to their their cycle and their bodies. And I think for men, it's interesting too, because yes, we need men more in their masculine. And we also need men who are connected to their feminine in an appropriate way. And I've this retreat, I was with a lot of really powerful high-level men and I got to learn a lot about masculinity and that like that line. And I think what's important is because society has brought this idea of equality forward so strongly. Women think they need to be like hyper independent and can't rely on a man, a man. And then men now think they don't really have the responsibility to be like that warrior for their woman. And I think that it's really important for men to recognize that 
women need to feel safe to be themselves and express and like be soft and messy and emotional. And like a man has that responsibility of like holding her in that and like also honoring if she wants to go like be the, the breadwinner and make more money and be super successful. It's like there's less rules now and more like fluidity, which I think is amazing. But tapping into those original structures of masculine and feminine are also really important. And I've actually had a big return to like appreciating the traditional stereotypical roles of men and women. Like I want the freedom to do what I want and I'm grateful, but I don't really associate or agree with like the modern day feminist way where women should be like hyper independent and not rely on a man and they shouldn't have to like be the ones who cook or care for the child or like clean or whatever. And I'm not the one who wants to clean by any means, but I love the idea of like being a homemaker and like preparing beautiful dinners for my family and a hundred percent staying home with my children while especially they're young. Like I'm not getting a nanny, maybe, I don't know, having someone help out in certain ways, sure. But the disconnect of like motherhood even is just so crazy. Like I want to be there every step of the way for my child growing up. I don't want to have to go back to work after two weeks. Like I want my husband to be able to provide for me and know that I have that safety to stay home and run my business if I want to. So it's the freedom of choice that's amazing. But there's something really beautiful about the traditional roles of like the masculine and the feminine that have been really warped in today's society. And I think it's to some capacity harmful. And, you know, like, and I have no judgment towards anything that goes on. Like everyone should do whatever they please. But I think it's de- it separated us from the natural order of things and nature is never wrong. So I think we could learn from how we, where we came from rather than where we've kind of grown into. Yeah. So kind of like you're saying, to tap more into that feminine energy is to maybe listen to your body, realize that we're on this 28 to 30 day cycle. Give yourself those breaks because otherwise are you just going to, are we going to run our bodies to exhaust? Like what happens if you don't do that? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say because so many women are so disconnected. So many women are on birth control. So many women don't listen to their cycles at all. So many women are literally eating poison crap and putting hundreds of endocrine disrupting chemicals on their skin every day. So if you stripped all that, let it all go and came back to your natural self, like you would not have a reality in which you could deny your cycle because your body will speak to you so loud and so clear. You will be exhausted if you don't give yourself the break. Your body will react. Your skin will break out. Your stomach will hurt. Like your vibrancy will diminish. Like if you are in tune with your body, she will show you what she needs so clearly. But because women are taking birth control and not getting their periods for months or years at a time, because their gut microbiome is already so messed up, because they're so disconnected from their intuition, most women don't realize that they're deeply, deeply suffering. People think depression is, you know, like super normal. Anxiety is super normal. And it's a whole diverse topic, but we're not supposed to feel bad. Like we have a capacity within us to feel really good. And unfortunately, we've been primed our entire lives to think differently. So I have full sympathy for people who are struggling with mental illness because, uh, or just mental disorders of any kind, because we're in such a warped society that of course all these things are coming to fruition. We're so disconnected from who we truly are. But I'm a firm believer that things like anxiety and depression, ADHD, which is something that I dealt with as well, will dissipate from your life if you actually take care of yourself on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level. So basically, if you want to feel good, you have to start tuning into your body, especially as a woman with these cycles. You might not realize how much suffering you're experiencing because you've been told it's normal, even like painful period symptoms. It's not normal. It's common. They're not, you know, when you actually regulate your hormones and bring your body back to homeostasis, you don't get period symptoms. Like I haven't had bad period symptoms for years. And I used to be literally ball on the floor, like crying for days. So it's just become so normalized to feel unwell that women and humans don't realize that we actually are meant to feel really good. So the second you start tuning into that, you're going to see a world of a difference in 
mental, spiritual, energetic, physical, emotional health. Okay, looping back to the soul work, after we just did this discussion on the masculine and feminine energies, I was going to ask you how someone starts to identify with what their soul work is amongst all of these distractions that we have in life. And whether it's a small business, whether it's putting yourself out on social media, whether it's more of a traditional career, we're always going to have that external validation. But how does someone start to recognize that internal validation of what they actually want versus what they think that they should do? That's a really good question. And I think it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of returning to the body, a lot of, you know, connection to self is really important. But I think a really good way to start that is asking yourself like, one, what am I good at? And two, what do I love? Because if you ask yourself those two questions, you could probably come up with a hundred business ideas. You know, it's not actually the ideas that's hard. It's the belief in yourself that you can do it. Like building a business is not easy, obviously, or even just building an account, becoming a creator. But it's not any harder than waking up, having to commute to your job, sitting at a desk, working for someone else to give part of your paycheck away. And, you know, like define hard. Everything can be hard, but doing something that's hard, that's in alignment with who you truly are, I think is a lot easier and more beautiful than doing something that's hard because you're supposed to do it for someone else because you've been told that's the way. So yeah, like first of all, just the belief that you can do it. Nothing else matters if you don't believe you can do it. So whatever perspective you've convinced yourself is true that it's going to be too difficult or you need $10,000 to start, like erase all of those beliefs because they're irrelevant. If you want to make something real, you can, period. And then yeah, tune in. Like, what do I like to do? What do I feel like is something I could help people with? What's something that I learned a lot about or I have a certification in or I went to school for, you know, I went to school for marketing. I did not think I would use that degree. And it turns out it's my entire career is basically around marketing. And I had to unlearn a lot of stuff about traditional marketing and shift into more soul-led marketing. And the point is, is that you'll have a lifetime of trial and error. You'll have a lifetime of failing and picking yourself back up. You can shift at any time like I did. But if you just believe you can start and start exploring and putting yourself out there and just taking action, even if it's imperfect, like if you wait for the perfect moment, the perfect moment is never going to come, period. You just need to start. And even if you give it a year of your life and you realize, well, this isn't it, at least you tried. You're going to learn something from it. You're going to gain life experience. You're going to learn what mistakes not to make next time. And then you're going to pick yourself up and you're going to start again. Because yes, external validation is cool and honestly, sometimes helpful. Being able to validate yourself internally with like, I did this for me. I did this because I wanted to. I didn't know what the outcome would be, but I gave it my all. That's going to feel so powerful and build so much momentum for you to move forward and try again if things don't work out. Because if you look at failure as this negative experience that stops you from trying again, you'll never get anywhere in life. But if you look at, I'm probably going to fail and that's going to bring me so much closer to my success, that's literally all you need to thrive. So change your mindset, believe that you can do it and just try. We've never had access to more free information. We've never had access to more free tools than we have at this time. We've never had more access to people who you could collaborate with and connect with. Like the possibilities are literally endless. You just need to be willing to put yourself out there. Wow. You've given so much good advice on this episode. I wish we could talk to you forever, but we have some time constraints and we want to ask you our signature question. This is something we ask all of our guests to you. What makes a good friend? What a good question. I think for me, what makes a good friend is someone who sees you in your fullness, in your messiness, in your chaos, in your full spectrum self and chooses to love you no matter what. That's not to say they aren't there to hold you accountable. That's not to say that they won't, you know, push you out of your comfort zone or, you know, I don't know, say the things that maybe you wouldn't want to hear, but they choose to be an active participant in your evolution and they choose to honor that evolution and love that evolution no matter where it takes you. So yeah, I could say so many things about friendship, but I feel like that is like the core value for me that, that they're not going to run from my mess and that they're they're willing to stand by the evolution as am I for them. And even how you said those friends that are honest, if they really do fully accept you, that means in my eyes that they love you even more, that they see that best in you and want to ensure that your actions are aligning with that. 100%. Well, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Please plug yourself in all of the ways. How can people support you? Tell us about your coaching container, everything. Yes. 
So uh, my Instagram is at Emma Marshall, just my name. You can find all the things there. I would say the main way to be in my world right now is through Brand Alchemy. It's a 12-week coaching container. That's a group container for women who are yearning to build a soul-led brand through conscious brand marketing and content strategy, as well as the energetic alignment work, doing all the inner foundations and energetics to support you in radically expressing yourself in understanding the social media space and how to call in your dream humans, clients, followers, whoever you're trying to call in, in a really aligned, ethical, and empowering way. So I just kind of started this next cohort last week, but the next round will be in May. You can find more information and apply or chat to me about that in the bio, the link in my bio on Instagram. I do one-on-one coaching for Brand Alchemy as well. And I do somatic work and I'm still doing the holistic and women's embodiment. So the one-on-one stuff is really tailored to what you need. And I also just opened a Brand Alchemy private community. So it's a lower ticket offer for the ones who do want to join Brand Alchemy, but maybe aren't ready quite yet, but still want to be in community. And yeah, I'm hosting two retreats this year. And you can also find those at the link in my Instagram page. And yeah, that's pretty much it for now, I'd say. Well, I'm going to thank you again. I think I could listen to you for hours talking. So thank you. Well, you guys literally can't. Go to her Instagram and TikTok. If you loved Emma, go follow her. Spend hours binge watching her content because the amount of incredible free knowledge that you have put on the internet is so Mm -hmm. commendable. Thank you. Yeah, I I definitely think you could have many, many conversations with me on the internet if you go to my page. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, wait, really quick before you go, if you want a chance to be the Artie Friends Listener of the Week, we have something for you. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for bonus entries, there's so many ways to support our show. Share about us on your Instagram story, engage with us over on TikTok, post on our Facebook group, join the Patreon page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to send that rating and review to our Instagram page, Artie Friends Podcast, and we pick a new Listener of the Week every Wednesday. We'll send you a $10 Visa gift card if you win, just as a way of saying thank you to buy you a coffee, buy you a sweet little treat, whatever you want. Thanks again, you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. And we'll catch you next week. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.